0: Welcome to the G Stilio Sports Hour, brought to you by the NGSC Radio Network in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network. I'm your host of the G Stelio Sports Hour, where I never call myself G Stilio, and we talk about a little more than sports. I'm your host, GW Cross, the heartthrob. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and check out the .com website, G Stilio, G-E-S-T-E-L-I-O. I thought it was only right that I kind of start this um, show with uh, Straight Outta Compton, you know, saluting Straight Outta Compton movie biopic of uh, N.W.A. Um, Check out that new Dr. Dre album, man. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the new Dr. Dre album, Compton. There was a couple of things I didn't understand, though. He said, first of all, it's been 16 years since Dr. Dre came out with an album. That was Chronic 2001, which was released in, what, 99? Weird, oddly enough. And before that, obviously, it was the Chronic, you know? But um, everybody in hip-hop's been waiting for the follow-up album, which is supposed to be called Detox. You know, everybody was waiting on Detox. Detox supposed to be like a hip-hop opera, you know, so to speak. Dr. Dre's been hyping this thing up. And we were supposed to get it. And, it, and I kind of thought Detox was going to come out last year. Because it was um, last year or the year before. Whenever that um, I Need a Doctor song came out with Eminem and Dr. Dre, I thought that was going to be it. Um, that song leaked. There was another song that leaked between him and Jay-Z, Under Pressure, that leaked. Um, there was another Dr. Dre song that leaked as well. Um, but, but, but I Need a Doctor and Under Pressure had leaked out. And I'm thinking, all right, Detox is definitely coming, and no, we never got anything, you know. But um, he brought out Compton, and what's funny about it is that he said he was inspired by the movie, so he went in the studio and knocked out Compton, right? Meanwhile, he's been working on Detox for like 15 years, and he said he wasn't happy with Detox. Like, this is a genius. Like, for all things considered, Dr. Dre is a hip-hop icon, a music icon, and a genius, And he was working on something for 15 years, and he said it was trash. I honestly think it was hyped so much that he knew no matter what happened, it was going to let down people. It could have been the greatest thing ever, but when you take that long of a break and within that break you're hyping up one album, you're going to let down people. You know, Even someone as great as Dre is not going to come up to to where he thought he had to be at with it. But whatever, he came out with Compton. Um, I enjoyed it. It grew on me, though. I didn't like it right away. Um, if you check out gstilligo.com, I got the album review on there. I gave it an 8 out of 10, which for me is pretty much the best review I could give anybody. Um, 10 out of 10s just don't happen with me. you got to really impress me. I'll get into that in a second, though. But gave it an 8 out of 10, and um, you know what it was? It was missing that Dre element. Like, usually when Dre comes out with an album, every mixtape artist and every legit artist that... They, they pretty much want to throw themselves on, on like three or four of those Dre beats. I can't see anybody jumping at any of these Dre beats ex- except for maybe one shot, one kill. Maybe. But that's not even a dynamic beat. It's just hard. You know, but, but there was nothing like, oh, uh, what's the difference between me and you? There was no Dre Day. Still DRE. G-Thing. Um, um, stranded on Death Row. There was nothing like that. Even the Bitches Ain't Shit song. Like, no, no beats like that on this album. The Watcher, you know, nothing like that that made you say, oh, man, I got to get on a beat like this if you're a rapper or whatever. Nothing like that. Um, but the song content was good. The, the beats weren't trash. They were just nothing that I, I, I kind of wanted one of those Dre bangers. Nothing like that. But the beats are solid, though. Um, very West Coast, as predicted, because it, it is Compton. Um, but another thing that kind of took away from the album for me was that Kendrick Lamar, you could tell, was the ghostwriter for Dre on this one. Um, and Dre's flow and everything. I give it to him, though, because he kept up with whatever Kendrick was writing him. Kendrick is one of the best lyricists out today. Dre was spitting it, but it didn't sound like Dre. It sounded more like um, Kendrick Lamar with a real bassy voice, you know? But uh, but Dre was still popping that shit, though, man. Talking about, you know, you can't touch his money, you know, still slap the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> I appreciated it. It was good stuff. But I got to say, Eminem killed it on the last track. <clears throat> And, which is expected. Kendrick did his thing throughout the song. The two that surprised me was um, Exhibit had a verse and just destroyed it. I was like, damn. A lot of people sleep on Exhibit, man. He, he's, he can rap. You know, Exhibit can rap. You know, he did a lot of the acting. He did a lot of that pimp my ride stuff. But Exhibit can rap. But Snoop Dogg on one shot, one kill. Whew, I never heard Snoop rap like that before. That was like the most aggressive I've ever heard Snoop. You know, just real in your face. I never heard Snoop like that, you know. Game was on it, Ice Cube, you know, a couple of new guys that Dre's pushing. One kid's from North Carolina. I wasn't too crazy about him, but he was all right. Um, But, yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it, you know. It's really hard for me to give it. A 10 out of 10 is the hardest thing I think I could give. I I don't think I ever will. I think I gave a Justin Timberlake album a 9. I gave an Eminem. The last Eminem album, I gave an 8. I don't think I was the only person that liked that Eminem album. Big Sean's last down, I think I gave him an eight. Megan Trainer got an eight. Yellow Wolf got an eight. Dr. Dre got an eight. I give out a lot of fives, a lot of sixes. My man Joe Budden, I gave a seven. Fabulous, I gave a seven. Loopy Fiasco, I gave a seven. Eric Church, I think I gave an eight, too. Country, you know, I really like that one. Hellstorm, I think I gave a six. You know, it's just tough for me to, like, find that, you know, to find that perfect album. I'm I'm thinking about writing a piece, though, where uh, I talk about the closest albums in my mind that were perfect. Or in my mind, the closest perfect albums. Whatever, just word it any way you want. And, um, it's hard when you really think about it, though. Oh, man, sorry, My, my throat's killing me right now. My throat's, like, killing me. I'm staring at a bottle of water. And, like, oh, man, why is my throat so dry, you know? But, um... And there was a couple of albums I was trying to think. This is a topic I always like saying that I always want to write an article about the album the artists of today that I can expect or I wouldn't be surprised that would give us a give us a classic album or have the potential or the talent to put together a ten out of ten album. Then I was gonna write another article talking about the closest I've ever heard being a perfect album, you know. for me, for me, the perfect album sales are tough. It's like Life After Death by Notorious B.I.G. Because I think that's the perfect rap album we've ever heard. Closest thing to perfection in rap. Um, when it comes to rap, it's really limited. It's um, Life After Death. Jay-Z, if I had to pick one. You know what it is? like. When it comes to Jay-Z, there was always one track on even the albums I loved, that I'm like, eh, it's good. But it's like, eh. like, what was it? On Blueprint, All I Need was that one track where I just was like, ah, I don't know about this track. But still, everything else was classic on it, so it's hard <laughs> not to call it a perfect album because everything else on it was classic. The Black Album, you could say it was classic. You know, Black Album, Blueprint. I guess, I guess I'll give those 10 out of 10s if I had to, and I would. Because I could look past all all I need on that Blueprint album, because everything else was perfect on it. Um, what are the rap albums though? Rap is tough. Um, maybe the second Outcast album. I don't know how people want to pronounce it, Atlians or At aliens. I don't know how people pronounce it. That one to me was close to perfect. Even that first album, I thought was pretty sick. Um, only built for Cuban links. The Raekwon album, of course. Uh, Just kind of trying to think right now, and I can't. I think that's all I could get right now off the head. That's all I could get right now off the head. And then um, just thinking in general perfect albums, I would say, like, obviously the Pet Sounds album, I think, probably comes closest to me. And the Dead Sevenfold, their second album, Waking the Fallen. I didn't like Radiant Eclipse but just like Jay-Z with Blueprint, I could look past Radiant Eclipse on that album because everything else was just insane. If you like heavy rock music, I mean, Waking the Fallen is insane. That is just one of the best albums I've ever heard top to bottom. The guitar work is perfect. Um, M. Shadow's voice, he does the screaming, he does the sing. It's just the harmonies were great. The guitar work was great. It's one of the best albums you'll ever hear. Honestly, one of the best albums you'll ever hear. Um, if you're open-minded, if you're a closed-minded person, then, you know, Screw yourself, you know, being a jerk. Bobby Brown's "Don't Be Cruel" album. People want to sleep on that. That was a classic, you know. Michael Jackson. P- p- people say it like the off the wall or the Thriller album. Uh, huh. I actually liked the Bad album. Maybe because I was a little older, and the Bad album was a little bit more New Jack swingish. So I think I, I actually think I leaned towards the Bad album. As I get older, I realize I don't like the song thriller, so it <laughs> turns me off. But I think the Bad Album might be my favorite Michael Jackson album. For me, it might be one of those things that might be a perfect album, you know. Um, and that's, I mean, I'm not, I can go on all in all. And then, like, like I said, the other topic are artists. I thought that could probably make closest to a perfect album. Let me tell you, I'll catch flack for this, but I'm thinking about just the artists that they are. Who the texted texting me? You know, the artist that they are. And um, I always said like Fallout Boy, Fallout Boy has the potential. They make a lot of popish, poppy kind of it, it's not even rock, it's just pop music right now, whatever the Fall Fallout Boy's doing. But if you listen to the instrumentation, if you listen to, 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 to the way they put their songs together, the harmonies, everything, there is so much talent in the songwriting right there. You know, and and they moved up. Like, like that the, these boys sample. They, they, they they're, 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 there's so many different elements to what they do they would have the potential to do it. Kanye West, say what you want to say. I mean, the guy just knows how to make records. You know, he takes chances. Nobody else will. I always say Kanye West will. It's going to be interesting. He's, he's doing something with Taylor Swift, and he's actually producing Rihanna's entire album. Whatever, whenever Rihanna comes back out with her album, it's going to be produced by Kanye West. So that should be interesting. I'm not a big Rihanna fan, but I'm always going to be a always going to be a fan of Kanye's production so that's another one um but those two stick out on my head hellstorm hellstorm is another group um i think event soundfall shot their load with uh waking the fallen and the two albums that followed after that um i don't think event soundfall is going to get back to what they were but um in the rock and the rock spectrum of things hellstorm can still do it um lazy hell has the best voice in music today i've always said that by far the most Versatile and best voice in music today. She's beautiful. She plays the guitar, and she plays the guitar like a boss. Screams. She could do everything, you know. And and I, like that, that that's something else. When you have the best voice, it's easy to kind of like make everything tailor-made to make it the best album. Um, I just didn't like their last album because they were leaning a little bit more towards the commercial side of things. Wasn't a fan of that. You know, but whatever. You go on and on. I actually think Will I Am is out of his mind enough that he could probably do one, but I don't think he ever will because he gets really too commercial, too pop. You know, Will I Am has the intellect to do it, though. You know, but I don't think he ever would. But those are the three: Fall Out Boy, Kanye West, and um, Hellstorm. Those are the three I think that are potential within the next five years or so to come out with the perfect album, a, a near ten out of ten album. You know. But anyway, whatever, I y- don't care about that. Let's, let's talk, football started, sort of, kind of. Um, preseason, I hate preseason football. Um, I think it's a waste of time. I think it's dangerous. Um, uh, I just hate preseason football 100%. I don't watch preseason football for the fear that I might see somebody really, really good on my team get hurt, or any team get hurt. You know, like, you could lose a left tackle, you can lose your quarterback, running back, wide receiver, linebacker, safety corner, and it doesn't have to be a hit or something. I mean, it's football. Things happen. Your body's moving in a million different directions at once. You know, so, so sometimes your brain send, your, your brain isn't sending the signal fast enough to your knees and your body's going one way, your knee's going the other way. You know, anything can happen, you know. I, I, I'd rather see my guys get hurt week one when it counts instead of, instead of, like, preseason when nothing matters. You know, especially when it's a guy on the, on the field that you know is going to start anyway. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, like, uh, Aaron Rodgers knows he's starting at quarterback, you know. Pretty sure Calvin Johnson knows he's starting at wide receiver. Like, these guys don't have to be out there, you know. And, and those guys who are the best at their profession, those are the guys that, that keep in shape throughout the whole year. You know, they're on their P's and Q's because they, they, they want to be great. You know, so I'm not worried about those guys, you know, and, and their route running abilities and chemistry. I'm sure those guys are fine. Those backup guys, yeah, I can understand that. But that's what practice is for, man. You know, there's no need to be out with another team that doesn't like you, doesn't care about you at all, and everyone's trying to make a name for themselves. Defensive guys are are, are, are trying to make that big hit on somebody. You know that you got some guys, some veterans that are really on the cusp. Of of not making a team, being cut, you got the rookies on the same uh, on the same thing. Like they're desperate, these guys. It's preseason; they're desperate to make a team. Man, it's a big paycheck, you know. And already, after week one, what is this? Uh, the Vikings uh, the Vikings lose their right tackle, Lode Holt for the season. Uh, the Bills linebacker Powell could be out for the year. Um, who was the other guy? Fisher. The guy who was number one overall pick for the Chiefs, the left tackle, was that two years ago out of Central Michigan? That was a terrible pick anyway. But um, Fisher got hurt in practice of the preseason. I, I mean, it's just not worth it. You know, Jadavion Clowney returned to practice. That's good. But I just I can't watch preseason football. And then, because of social media, because of Twitter, it gets you sick of shit. Like, you know, uh, and obviously I'm with a lot of Bears fans on Twitter and whatever. And just, I don't, they're just putting their stock into this kid. What's his name? Oh, man. Atcho. You know, the cornerback on the Bears, Atcho. Oh, man, we got a stud. It's preseason, bro. There's nothing to get excited about in preseason. <laughs> Honestly, I remember for, I remember for every preseason the Jets would go four and zero in the preseason and just like a dud would win five or six games during the regular season. Preseason means nothing; it's practice against another team, you know. People are like, oh man, Ryan Tannehill looked great in that first drive. It's preseason. <laughs> a lot of stock goes into it, and I just I hate you, pathetic sports fans, man. You guys are terrible. You know, I, I used to watch preseason until I realized I, I just didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care about watching my backups play. I didn't. That's the kind of stuff you can read about if they make the team or not because they're not going to affect you. They're not going to affect you. The one time in the last, I think, seven or eight years I wanted to watch a preseason game was last year. I watched a Cleveland Browns preseason game for what else? For, to see Johnny Manziel. That was the only reason why I wanted to watch it. And that was just because I wanted to see what the hell he was going to look like in an NFL uniform. I wanted to see, really, the hype around it. It wasn't even about him. I wanted to see how the announcers were going to react. I wanted to see how the crowd was going to react. You know, it was fun. And as soon as he didn't play anymore, I didn't care. You know, top of that it was a Browns game, you know, so. I really hope Manziel starts this year. I know it's a slim chance he's going to start, but I really hope he does. Because the Browns are terrible. At least give me something to root for when I'm watching the Browns. (laughs) Oh, talk about quarterbacks, man. Geno Smith, man. The Jets are great, man. They had Sheldon Richardson, what, two, two and a half weeks ago? Um, Driving like a maniac with a loaded gun. (laughs) You know, he gets arrested. And this this comes after. He had a four-game suspension. So, I don't know. Sheldon Richardson should be done for the year. The Jets are probably going to part ways with Sheldon Richardson. Great player, but, you know, when a guy has two strikes like this against him back-to-back in the same week, it's kind of tough. And he knew about this charge, too. He just thought nobody was going to say anything about it. Oh, what an idiot. But on top of that, you know what I mean? Geno Smith gets punched in the jaw, gets his jaw broken by some guy whose name I can't pronounce, IK, or Eek was his guy's name. I don't know. We'll just call him (laughs) IK. He's punched by a defensive lineman. Over $600, supposedly. It was about a limousine that they all split, and Geno Smith didn't have for cash on them. And all the kids, $600, and the kid punched them because Geno Smith was ducking them. Something, something really stupid like that. I mean, we're talking about two guys who were making probably like $500,000 a year, you know. And arguing over $600. But um, apparently it was a sucker punch and broke Geno Smith's jaw. And at first the sky was falling for the Jets because they said, um... He was going to be out six to eight weeks. Oh, man, I know I'm going to sneeze soon, and it's going to be so rude because I can feel it. You know, you can feel that itch up your nose. I sound congested. Now that I hear myself, I sound congested. Things, I've, been, I've just been forcing myself into the air-conditioned rooms everywhere, and you're inhaling that crap, you know, whatever the, hell, whatever the hell the part of the air conditioner, was it the Freon or whatever, inhaling all that. Then I got a fan on me, too. I'm in my boxers right now, like legit. If we were on camera, I'd be in my boxers right now. only thing I'm wearing is my boxers and the headphones on my head right now. That's about it. But uh, what, was, what the hell was I talking about? Geno Smith. So um, he was supposed to be out six to eight weeks, but then the, the doctor just said that he didn't have to get it wired shut. He just had to get it screwed shut, whatever the hell it was. You know, it wasn't that bad of a break, I guess. They were able to screw it. <laughs> I don't know. Doctors are gross. I don't know how you put a screw in someone's face, you know, like a Phillips head screwdriver, and you just twerking it, you know, just oh, gross. So you put Loctite in someone's mouth to keep it shut, and then, um, but they said he he could be ready by week one. You know, uh, let me tell you, if I'm the Jets, I think no matter what, you give Geno Smith a one year contract at the end of this year. Um, especially if he's not going to start this year, I think you still keep him around, unless he wants to leave. I don't think he wants to leave, though. You know, he's still young. I mean, I, I I don't think he's any good, but you know, he's been in the system. Might might be really cheap to keep him around for one more year after this. Uh, so they got Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, and um, that's I mean, whatever. The the best Ryan Fitzpatrick ever looked was with Shane Gailey in Buffalo. Um, in my Jets review, I wrote down like like. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Shane Gailey. Shane Gailey helped Ryan Fitzpatrick sign a ridiculous contract that he never fulfilled. You know, it was um, six years. I want to say $60 million. I can't remember. But it was like $20 million up front. I, I'm, I'm guessing numbers right here. It was something like that, something basic like that for a quarterback of his stature. But he looked great in that one season with Buffalo. And uh, he only played out, I think, three years of that six-year deal. And it looked like trash pretty much everywhere else. Cincinnati and then Houston. He looked terrible, you know. So now he's at the Jets. Pretty decent offensive line. I don't have faith in the Chris Ivory running game behind him. Two good receivers who are possession guys. A real speedy slot receiver. And um, what's his name? Curly. You know. And a great defense. You know. I don't know. Tough division though. Buffalo's a better team. New England is still a better team. You know. It's going to be tough. With or without Tom Brady, I think New England's still a better team because they have Belichick. And, in, and I have faith in Garoppolo. I think he's all right. Looked a little shaky in his first preseason game, but I think Garoppolo's going to be fine. Um, I, I wouldn't put it past Bill Belichick to have told Garoppolo to tank it in the preseason and look like garbage. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, We're talking about Bill Belichick. Would that surprise anybody? Wouldn't it surprise anybody if Belichick told him. See, that's the only coach I think that would tell his quarterback, you know, look like garbage in the preseason. We want everyone to think you suck. Remember when, when Tom Brady comes back, you guys 3-1, you know, you know, you got a quarterback behind him, ready to take the reins. Things always go right for them in New England. So, whatever, you know, Geno Smith, broken jaw by his own teammate, that's fun. <laughs> only in New York, only with the Jets, really, you know. I don't care, whatever. It's not my, not my team, not my quarterback. And props to Rex Ryan, who goes and picks up the guy. <laughs> the Jets drop the guy who punches Geno Smith, IK or Eek, whatever you want to call him. And then Rex Ryan goes right there and claims him off waivers, you know. <laughs> That's great. I love Rex Ryan. Uh, I think Buffalo's going to be a tough out this year, man. They're going to be a real tough out. Um, it looks like, like Tyshawn Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, sorry. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback more than likely because Matt Castle, from what I've been reading and what I've been getting from my Buffalo people, has looked terrible in practice. Like, uh, sometimes you got it, sometimes you lose it. And Matt Castle was always a decent quarterback, and people say he just looks awful. You know, um, E.J. Manuel, we know, is awful. So it <laughs> might be Taylor. Last time I saw Taylor play, I know he's with Buffalo before, but last time I really saw him play was at Virginia Tech. And he was terrible. So I don't know. Maybe he's gotten a little better. This, I mean, he don't really have to do much in Buffalo. Just hand the ball off. You got great receivers there in Buffalo. Great receiving core in Buffalo. I say great because they're young, but really, uh, you know, really above average receiving core there. You know, I can see Buffalo really doing something man, if they focus. But Rex Ryan always has problems with offenses, man. Always. You know, it's funny he has the same issue in Buffalo that he had in New York. You know, I don't know why New York got rid of him in the first place. They were just tired of the talking, but whatever. Oh. Matter of fact, I forgot. Remember last week I was talking to you guys. I was saying how, like, I have felt like shit. And my body was breaking down and all this shit. Um, and in softball, I was playing like crap the last two weeks. I finally, it was it felt so good, man. Finally felt so good. Um, my White Plains League and the Yonkers League, my fielding was on point, And my hitting was on point. I was not hurt. It was just great, you know. Still wasn't as fast like as you know, used to being. But I've been stretching the hell out of my hamstrings and my calves, um, even at night. Been stretching them, but you know my my arm felt good last week and my swing was like the best it's been probably probably all year. I don't know what it was. My swing was there. I, I, you know this hitting in baseball, softball, whatever. It's like the simplest and hardest thing at the same time. You know what you have to do you know it's always you you have your routine and your batting stance you always make sure you have the same batting stance you know you make sure you're comfortable in it and then like you know one day I got to get someone to video me at the plate just so you guys could all see what, what exactly I'm doing I got to put it out there just to show you guys you know but um and then uh after you do that, you've got to be comfortable at the plate. you got to st- keep your eye on the ball. That's the thing. You know, they tell you that when you're six years old when you first playing. It, you know, that, that's the thing. They, they start you off with t-ball. They, like, just stare at the ball and swing it, swing through. You know, and then they tell you the whole thing. Like, like don't bend your back leg. You know, you you, you, you got to time your swing with your hips and your leg kick. It's, it's all this stuff. they got to come together at once, you know. If you're a directional hitter, if you're a pull hitter, you know, you got your own set of rules right there. And when you play, you kind of just forget everything. You just swing. <laughs> the ball's coming. You're just looking at the outfield for some reason. When you swing the ball, you bend your back leg, you're kind of looking up in the air and it's on the ground rolling the first base. It's the most embarrassing thing. You know, but it's every time. Every time you swing it and, like, you know you know it's a good swing or not. That's the weird thing about it. You know when you clocked it or not. So annoying, probably one of the most annoying things ever. You know, but my swing, my hips, everything was aligned, and it was just a great. I had two great games last week. So I'm back, and uh, I'm back. <laughs> then what happens? After that? I played games Tuesday and Wednesday, it was. Then Thursday, out of nowhere I'm driving home, and I got a pinch nerve between my right shoulder and that side of my neck. So I didn't go to the gym Friday. I didn't go to the gym Friday or Saturday or Sunday. I didn't go this whole weekend because I had this stupid pinch nerve, you know. That didn't stop me from dancing my tits off, though. Had to go to a birthday party for uh, my mom's friend uh, turning 50. Shout out to Dion. Um, had it right here at a hotel right here. I forgot the name of it. The Royal Regency Hotel in Tuckahoe. They have, they have, like, really nice ballrooms over there. They have a real nice bar over there, too. But anyway, it was an open bar. Um, me and my girlfriend went. Uh, with my parents, actually. Um, it was the first black people party I've been to in a long time. I realized I've missed it. <laughs> hanging out with all these crack-ass crackers. I'm just playing. Hanging out. <laughs> I tell you guys, that's all I have in, in Westchester, is a bunch of Italian friends, though. You know, That's what I've been hanging out with for the last few years. But I've been going to Italian weddings, everything. You know, uh, When I've been going out later in my life, it's been with them. You know, And... Uh, I forgot I was just hanging out with a bunch of black people for a while. It was fun, man. The DJ, shout out to DJ Knuckles, man. He's probably the best DJ I've ever heard live in my life, honestly. And he's an older guy. Um, older guy, but he acted really young. It was great. You know, me and him exchanged numbers. Uh, he works over at WBLS and stuff, too. So good contact to have. Um, best DJ I've heard, though, live in a while. Great emceeing. Like, his. you know, I've DJed, like, since I was 17, on and off. And, um... I'm very critical whenever I go anywhere about the DJs. I'm kind of obnoxious about it, but you can't help it. When you're a DJ, you're kind of obnoxious about it. Um, you could tell when a blend is off. You could just tell when the DJ's screwing up, when the mixes ain't right, when the song order isn't right, when the songs aren't right that he's playing at certain times. You know, you could it annoys you. It's you know, it's second nature to you. You know. Um, also, it's a matter of preference because some DJs have been working the same bars for 20 years and they suck, but the owners love them, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't critical at all of this guy. I was like, wow, this guy is so much better than me. <laughs> That's what I told my girlfriend. I was like, wow, this guy's so much better than me right now, you know, so. Props to him, DJ Knuckles, man. He was amazing, amazing. His emceeing was great too, like just talking on the mic, real energetic. He got everybody up to dance, like that's really hard, man. That's I've never been the best emcee, believe it or not. I could talk all day. I, I know how to use the mic. You know, I'm not shy on the mic. But I've never been good at emceeing, like at a party. It's the weirdest thing. You would, I, you know, it kind of freaks me out because I would think I would be great at emceeing, and I'm not. You know, kind of weird. But um, whatever. Back to the party. Um, real fun party. Um, killed it during Poison. Was able to do my split. The DJ actually shut the song off when I did the split. And he was like, never in 26 years. <laughs> you know, so we had a good time. I drank about nine Jack and Cokes. And I was fine. So you know you're getting old. I was drinking nine Jack and Cokes and I was fine, man. I was just tired. I wanted McDonald's so bad afterwards, but I just had like an omelet at home and just passed out anyway. It didn't even matter. But you know what? Every time I drink, even if I'm feeling all right, I always pop three liquid gel aspirins. Like what is it, the Advil liquid gels? I always pop three because two is usually the basic. I'm like, let me just pop three. I pop three, glass of water, eat something, go right to bed, and no hangover. It's great, you know. Woke up the next day. I actually had my uncle over. My uncle Huey, one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. He was over. Um, the house this whole weekend, you know, oh, and then yesterday, Sunday, I'm drinking IPAs like there's nobody's been, shout out to Sam Adams, I was drinking the Sam Adams Rebel IPA, I don't know, I was getting wrecked off that shit, <laughs> it was like, I started drinking at 1230 in the afternoon, uh, finished writing my NFC South previews, team by team previews I'm writing, I'm here doing research, I'm online, I'm just chugging away IPAs, <laughs> it was great, I feel like having a beer right now actually, i drinking way too much. I've, every time on this podcast, now it seems like for the last month and a half, I've just been drinking, and pff, I love it. <laughs> it's not like I'm drinking to get wrecked. Granted, Friday night I was drinking because I was at a party. It was an open bar. I was like, "The hell would I'm doing it?" But like yesterday, I was drinking like to get wrecked for the first time, like in a while. Like oh, I'm just doing it. But it's like every time at someone's house, it's like, "Oh, you want a beer, or soda?" I'm like, "Yeah, let me get the beer." Whatever it is they have, I just want it. It's just uh I, I guess it's the end of summer. That's bullshit. Football season's come around. In college I'm gonna be watching it, drinking beers and I actually don't drink beers during Sunday football because usually I drink so much on Saturdays. <laughs> Cause college football's more fun to me. I've always said that. College football's just been more fun to me. You know, to talk that ish during college football, it's fun, man, you know. Um, I think my girlfriend's going to enjoy it this year, too. You know, because college football is an all-day thing. Let me tell you, it's great. And that's i, I got to get Rosalind on so we can talk about football and relationships. That's why I wanted to get her on to talk about. Rosalind Ross, happy birthday shout-out to her. Her birthday was Sunday. Um, she was going to try to be on this week. But I think I caught her off guard, really, because um, I kind of just wanted to do it on Monday. <laughs> it's like, can you do it today? She's like, no, how are you later in the week? And, I, I just can't. <laughs> I can, but I don't want I got so much shit going on. I got a softball game Tuesday night. Wednesday night, I got another softball game. Um, Thursday, I was supposed to meet up with an old friend for drinks. And Friday's Friday. Saturday's Saturday. Sunday's Sunday. You know, so it's like I got no time for anything, really. You know. um, Yeah, that's my exciting story about not having time for anything. Where are we at? 35 minutes? Ah, Jesus. All right, I'm going to take a break. Hopefully find a long enough song. I come back in, like, 15, 20 minutes, and this shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I go somewhere on my podcast. and it's great that I have um, ADD because I digress and it just adds more topics unintentionally. I think it's great that I could do that. But we'll be right back to the g Stilio Sports Hour. I'll play some new Dr. Trey Fee. Oh, man, I do that cough it out.
1: Family problems, it ain't easy handling those things. You got to do what you got to do. I'm a drama. I just need a little time to go to sleep. Only if I had time for Ready Company company is asking me when I'm gonna release. Pressure on me. So much pressure on and me. my homies on my back about me helping them get up off of them streets. Oh, yeah. Man, what the and
2: it all f- falls back on me. Sometimes, sometimes.
1: Listen to me, it's kinda funny how they fall back on me. I used to never get a call back on me. Before the money they didn't see me like it's dark. And it's all black homie. but now they switching cause the card black on me. It wasn't always that way. We was recording on the full track, homie. A new apartment, no fridge, no mattress, no table, no cable. And All I hear is my girl in my ear. And it's easy asking for his car back, homie. I would've never saw this happening from that far back homie. But what it came to be, would have never believed. Living the life I lived in CPT. I'm off. All- to reality is what you call that, homie Yeah, it was something to me No eat, no sleep, wasn't nothing to me Can't always be how you want it to be And I'm the one that they looking up to They expect it to be and it all
2: falls back on me said it all, Sometimes. Said it all, somehow.
1: How it always was DJing parties in my neighborhood Just for the love But tipping and stripping any minute Start tripping and stush On any given day I'm like what the Face down on the pavement With the billy clubs Took that feeling to the studio And queued it up And now it's Police all up in the club Now it's 91 And Snoop Dogg came to visit And was like What up cuss? Let me show you what like, couldn't help myself, just had to dip into that life. And then that night came in. When that night came in. whoa This one of them dreams you don't wake up from. Then again, you don't sleep if you come from where I come from. But the sunshine and they bust. No nine plus one one when they run up on your school bus with a give my me I love that line.
3: And
0: then that night came when that me. the night came. Whoa. <laughs> no or night came in, when night came in, whatever. You know what I mean. Great little sugar nights, put right there. Anyway, back to the G-Steelio Sports Hour brought to you by the NGSC Radio Network in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network. What up to Ralph, Kyle, Ted, and the boys. Um, all right. Uh, I think I'm going to do what I did last week. I kind of liked it. I was just kind of going through Yahoo. And um, I just look at that headlines. Actually, this is actually good news. Uh Tracy Morgan is going to be making his comeback and he's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. Uh when is it? October 17th. You know, when they start the new season. I think that's great and I Tracy Morgan almost lost his life in that car accident. Um I forgot where I saw him at. He was doing an interview and the guy was just crying, man. It's just, you know, like it's crazy like you you know, you watch these comedians in general when when they become humanized, it's scary comedians are the first ones who will make fun of themselves, you know, the first ones that are just making light of any dark situation and this guy Tracy Morgan who apparently is just liked by a lot of people, like you know, I don't know him, you know, but I'm just going by what everybody's saying, everybody says he's just one of the nicer guys, you know, and almost dies in that car accident and the guy was just tearing and the reason why he was crying is because he one, he just loved the support he was getting and two, he was like, I'm not going to be able to do what I love doing, like he was like that, that scared the shit out of me, you know, like, he, you know, to not be able to do what he loved doing. And that's great for him. He tweeted out, um, what did he tweet out? Stoked to be going home. So that's great, man. Um, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, this is the first three that they have. October 3rd is Miley Cyrus. That should always be interesting because Miley, not for nothing, she's a, she's a talented girl. Like, say what you want about her. She's a talented girl, and I actually think she's very smart. And the way she's kind of like, um, re restructured her whole career, you know. She knew she was getting older, and she she just wanted to tear away from that. What was that TV show she did? I don't know the one where her dad and she played two roles or something. Whatever it was, she wanted to tear away from that Disney character. And she totally went badass. Totally went totally went ape shit. And I loved it. Like I'm not a big fan of her music, you know. I actually liked the song she had, "The Climb." I think that was her last hit before she went ape shit. Did you guys just hear me fart? I hope that came out on the mic, because I just farted, and it was adorable. Um, So that should be good, actually. I'm not into Saturday Night Live. I rarely watch it, because I just don't think it's funny anymore. But these three guests that they're going to have, though, October 3rd, Miley Cyrus, that should be good. Because Miley Cyrus loves making fun of herself. She loves the attention. You know, so that should be an easy show for everybody. Um, October 10th, ugh, my new crush. I talked about her last week, and I probably the week, Amy Schumer, man. Ugh. She's my new crush. She's it. She's my new funny girl crush. She's my new funny girl crush. That's, that's it. Let me tell you, Sarah Silverman was my funny girl crush. I still got a thing for Sarah Silverman. You know what it is? <laughs> if you're a pretty girl, first of all, if you're a pretty girl and you're funny, that's great. Pretty girls with senses of humor, great. You know. But if you're both pretty girls, funny... And they're dirty. Like, they love talking about sex. And they love talking about it in the most raunchiest ways. (laughs) It's just, it makes you as a guy so much more comfortable. I mean, I don't know. Some guys might find it, uncomfortable. Might find it um, a turn off. I find it, it's funny. And it's sexy. Like, you know, if a girl's going to just throw... Words out there. I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I, I curse enough, and I don't want to go and talk about women genitalia and curse word fashion on my podcast. But uh, you know, it, the way they do it. I mean, if you heard them, you know they're hilarious about it, and they're so confident about it. You know, it's just sexy. Like confidence is above all else the most sexiest thing. It's the reason why the fat, ugly guy gets the hot chick. You know, I mean, they're just confident and they don't give a fuck. You know, but Amy Schumer, one of my crushes. Can't wait to. See, ugh, I would love to just go on a date with Amy Schumer well, I need to set this up. I've tweeted at her. She hasn't said nothing to me. I think Sarah Silverman favorited a tweet of mine once. That was was cute. Amy Schumer, though, I'm always trying to holler at her. Never, never get anything. Uh, And October 17th, as I mentioned, Tracy Morgan will be back. And that will be emotionally charged, you know. Seems like the type that will probably cry at the beginning, you know, which is definitely allowable, you know. (laughs) So that would be great. Um, what else is going on? What else is going on? Uh, nobody gives a shit about that. Oh, Washington Redskins still, still saying they ain't going to change their name. Hey, I'm well about it. Redskins planning a stadium, won't change nickname from move back to D.C. Hey, the hell with it. (laughs) I'm all about it. And I love the fact they're sticking to their guns. I think this country is soft, um, or it's getting soft, I should say. And I just think people just need to calm down. Um, You know what's funny? Because they're like, oh, every Native American group is offended. No, there's a lot of Native American groups that don't give a shit. (laughs) You know why? Because these Native American groups like, this team has been around since when? The 60s? We're going to complain about it now, 50, 60 years later, is going to offend us? No. If it offended, I always said this, if it was going to offend anybody, it would have offended the Native Americans 50, 60 years ago, not the, not the Native Americans of today, although there are some. I'm not trying to be totally um, insensitive about it, you know, but for the most part, just, you know, I'm glad they're not changing their name, you know. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge gets the Bitch of the Week award. I mean, really. Just, I... He's just, I don't like this guy right now. He's probably becoming one of my most hated people because there's an article written by Kelly Dwyer on um, Yahoo Sports, and it says, New Spur, LaMarcus Aldridge says he's mentally drained after his free agent turn. Really? I don't like change, Aldridge said. That's been a little bit difficult for me, trying to get used to a new city, I got lost like twice yesterday. That's not fun. In the end, it should be great for me. Right now, it's been tough because everything is so new. Old did turned 30 on July 19th. I spent most of the summer decompressing from a stressful free agency class, agency chase that left him, in his own words, mentally drained. Are you serious, bro? Really? <laughs> He even said, and then they made me sign, like, 300 basketballs. (laughs) Shut the hell up. This is the kind of shit I don't like from my athletes, like, and I just don't like it. You know, give me a break. Meanwhile, um, last week or the week before, there was a story coming out of Aldridge building his new home in San Antonio saying that he's going to get a separate house behind his house for his sneakers, Go fuck yourself, LaMarcus Aldridge. Seriously, mentally drained? You're going to buy a house for your sneakers, you scumbag, and you're going to tell me you're mentally drained? There's people out there who are working 60 hours a week, never going to see a tenth of the paycheck you're getting this year, and they, and, and, and they barely could afford to keep their kids clothed week to week. Don't tell me you're mentally drained. Play basketball, chump. And he took the easy way out, going to San Antonio too, you little bitch. <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't even know I was that upset about it. <laughs> I had no idea I was that upset about it. Um, oh, Britney Spears still killing it, man. Oh, so beautiful, man. She was, she was at the Teen Choice Awards Sunday and just wore a ridiculous dress like Beautiful, man. She's a perennial top five girl for me. Always loved her. Always love her. Oof, all right, what else going on? Expect a cold, snowy winter. Yeah, like we've been doing that anyway in New York. <laughs> Let me tell you, New York's turned to Alaska. I mean, you, uh, in New York, man, if, you're not, if you don't have four-wheel drive, if you don't have a shovel in your car, then you're asking for trouble. I actually got to buy a new shovel because I broke my shovel. we. <laughs> I was, like, shoveling out of ice one day and just kept on stabbing. You know, you got to, like, break the ice and just broke my shovel. i got to get a new shovel. Um, yeah, this thing going to be the coldest one here. What are they saying over here? Let me see. Uh, frigid weather in the Midwest, the snowiest periods in the Pacific Northwest being November. Just about everybody who gets snow will have a white Christmas in one capacity or another. Hey. I, I I don't care. I don't, I don't I don't really care about the snow. I don't have a bitch about it really. I don't. I actually like shoveling, which is weird because I have a terrible back, <laughs> terrible knees, and shoulders and elbows and heart probably. And I I actually like shoveling. I don't know. It's the sense of order. <laughs> I don't know the fact that I could clean out a path and make it perfect from my car. Because don't be a douchebag. And steal someone else's shoveled out spot. That's that douchebag thing. But even like when I go to my girlfriend's house, I shovel. Th- this year, I shoveled out. She has four cars in her driveway because you know she's fancy like that. Shoveled out every car, <laughs> threw the salt on, cleaned it up, made it look real pretty, you know. Then I shovel out my dad's. My mom has an indoor spot, you know, so I don't have really to go. But when I come here, yeah, I to shovel out my dad's spot, you know. I'm always parked on some hill or something, something really, really cool, you know. But whatever. But, uh, yeah, cold-ass winter coming. All right. I think that's all we got for headline. I think, the, I don't know. My podcast, I don't know. It's not football season yet, man. I don't know. There's nothing to talk about. Right, what do you want from me? You know, I'll try to pull another headline out of my ass. What's with these bombs going off, though? That's something else. You know? A bomb planted at one of the Thai capital's most renowned shrines on Monday killed 19 people including three foreign tourists and wounded scores in an attack. Government called a bid to destroy the economy. Whew, that's in Bangkok. Wow. People going nuts. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today. I, I mean, I don't want to really, I mean, you, I, I love you guys for listening. If you're listening this much today, you know, Um, sometimes I know I get kind of difficult, you know, but at least I wasn't in a bad mood today. I was in a pretty good mood today. Um, I'm gonna try and knock out another review probably tonight. I don't know. I'm tired though. I, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning today. My stomach was killing me at three o'clock in the morning. Cap. I got to the gym though for the first time in three days, so that was good. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, did. Like I said, check out gsteelio.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter, the Instagram account gstelio g w e s t w e l i o. But check out gsteelio.com. I got um. The NFC South, are the newest review is up there. Who do I do? Did The NFC South, the AFC West, the NFC North, and the AFC East, I think are the ones I did so far. I think those are the only ones I did so far, um, which means I got a lot more coming. Chicago Bears, of course, will be the last one. But uh, I don't even know where to go right now with this. I think I might go, huh. Did the NFC West as well. Wow, am knocking them out. Knocking these things out, son. I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, if you follow me, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Twitter and you're into everything I do because you're a smart human being. You realize how fucking awesome I am. Anyway, catch me on Thursday on Ernestly Speaking Live with my man Ernest Christian uh, from 4 to 6 Eastern Standard Time. That's about it. Uh, I'll leave out with some song. I don't know you know what? The new Chinks Drugs album came out. I'm going to leave you with some new Chinks Drugs. Um, rest in peace, Chinks Drugs, listening to albums for this whole week. So rest in peace, Chinks, my boy. And i uh, see you all next week. Bear witness. <laughs>
3: Got one thing on your mind, you wanna love me, love me Ooh, only for tonight, maybe, maybe When I put you on that hush shit, I could try you crazy I want you to tell me Tell me what you're doing tonight Tonight.
2: Yeah. Don't, win, yeah, yeah. don't play around. I know you never had uh, like this. I'm finna lay it on the line. I'm finna give it to me, uh, it, so uh, love, I'm finna give you something tryna love you till you sweat. Give me all you guys left. We done started from the bottom, made it to the top step. I do, I do. All I do is dream about sex with you. Got you in the front of projects. Hold up. Young niggas switching them lanes I'm on my way to the door Shorty, let's like short to the plane Anywhere you wanna go When they talk that lame shit I don't entertain it Fuck about with they saying, You know I'm famous. favorite Cold boy shit, what you know about Came a long way from the dope house Now we all understand with the toes out Took it to the crib, then we both got
3: ready, ready. You got one thing on your mind You wanna love me, love me Ooh, only for tonight, maybe, maybe, maybe. just maybe. When I put you on that hush, I could drive you crazy. I want you to tell me, tell me what you're doing tonight. Tell me, me. ooh baby, tell me, tell me. You know exactly what's on my mind. You know what's on my mind. So tell me what you're doing tonight.
2: For a lifetime. At least for the night,
3: baby. Uh, uh,
2: uh, Me and you faded, sitting in the background. Keep it low key. Keep it low key. Pretty young thing, but she ride that tip like she an OG. You know what they say, money can't buy love, you can get it all free. Get it all free. She be right there when I roll out. She my Cody. Uh. Watch me pull off in that two door, comfy like I took my boot off. Yeah, exy a dub like a two off. Niggas gon' hate but it's cool though. It's cool. Come kick it with a real one. Four whips you can steal one. She done fell in love with a hood nigga. Made it to the top and I'm still one. Go hit the weed, let us zone out. Keep it down, peace on the phone line. We can let a whole day go by. Took it to the crib then we both got. Baby,
3: baby, you got one thing on your mind, you wanna love me, love me. Ooh, only for tonight, maybe, maybe When I put you on that hood shit, I could drive you crazy I want you to tell me Tell me what you're doing tonight Tell me, tell me, ooh baby, tell me, tell me You know exactly